Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. Let's get ready to study the scriptures with one another. Today we're beginning a brand new uh, five-part message series uh, called He Shall Be Called. He Shall Be Called. This is our annual Christmas series, uh, and this is inspired by Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, Isaiah 9 verse 6 is one of the more quoted, uh, more familiar Old Testament prophecies that foretold the first coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, The title of part one in this series today is, For to us a child is born. For to us a child is born. I don't know if you've ever thought about Isaiah 9 6 this way or have ever read it this way, but Isaiah 9-6 is actually what we would consider today to be a birth announcement. Uh, Isaiah 9-6 is a birth announcement. It is the announcement of the coming of the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, With birth announcements in mind, uh, have you noticed over the last 10 to 15 years or so just how uh, creative, uh, funny, entertaining that people have become with their birth announcements. Have you noticed that? Uh, People put a lot of thought uh, and energy into announcing the arrival of a child these days. Uh, With thinking about Isaiah 9-6 in that context this week, as I was studying, I thought, you know what, I'm going to just Google um, funniest birth announcements of the last decade. And several, I mean, bunches of birth announcements came up. Man, some of them are hilarious. Um... I decided to just share a few of those with you here today, and so let's just walk through some of these modern-day birth announcements. Um, You might be able to put that together. Um, Ice, ice, baby. By the way, I don't know any of these people, all right? I just grabbed these off the internet. I'm not related to these folks in any way. At least I don't think I am. Um, Ice, ice, baby. Let's go on to the next one. I like the mugshot. I'm not going to lie. I think that's pretty cool, pretty neat announcement. His middle name is Nolan. Again, I'm not related to that guy, all right? Uh, I have a D on the end of my name anyways. Cool birth announcement there. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, our latest tax deduction. Uh, I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, listen, kids are expensive, but we love them in tax season, right? Um, so that's pretty neat. Let's go on to this next one. I, I like the movie poster announcement, The Fourth Awakens. The Fourth Awakens. I appreciate that. Pretty neat. Um, do we have time for one more announcement? One more birth announcement? Do we have time for that, or do you all want to get into the scriptures? Um, you ready for it? Here we go. We are not expecting. <laughs> Me and Lauren are not expecting. Um, we are not having a third child. Some people in the first service thought I was setting that up this morning, and I wasn't, uh, so I just thought I would set you up to think I was going to do that. Uh, there's a motto in our home. We have two kids, all right? So the motto is two and through. Two and through. We're done. We got one girl, one boy, the best of both worlds. You know what? The Lord can do whatever he wants to do. If he decides that we're going to have a third, I will go into a very deep depression. um, And you'll have to look out for me. And by God's grace, I'll come out of that and accept the fact that we're having a third child. But for now, uh, two and through. We are not having a third child right now. Um, Let's go now to Isaiah 9-6. And let's read this ancient uh, Old Testament 
birth announcement, this prophecy of the coming of Christ. Isaiah says here, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And this baby has names. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, obviously, the prophet Isaiah wasn't trying to write what we would consider to be a modern-day birth announcement. Uh, That's not what Isaiah was actually doing. It wasn't like he was sitting around with his buddies going, what can we do with this to get the most likes and the most views on Facebook or Instagram? Uh, But with this comparison in mind, uh, let's look at four things that set apart Isaiah's announcement uh, from any other birth announcement in history. Four things that set this announcement apart. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, um, Isaiah's birth announcement of the coming of Jesus was actually sent 700 years before the baby was to be born. 700 years before the baby was to be born. Now, uh, some modern birth announcements go out early uh, before the baby is born, some soon after the baby is born, and some much later after the baby is born. All that actually depends on the parent's organizational ability and sleep levels. Um, but Isaiah's announcement is very unique because he sends it very, very, very early, 700 years early. Let me give you a, just a tad bit of context here to help you really appreciate um, the significance of this prophecy and how the original audience would have really heard it and how it would have stirred their hearts and ministered to their souls because this is a verse that we read quite often this time of year. We're very familiar with it and unfortunately it doesn't impact us the same as it would have the original audience which was God's people, the Israelites. When Isaiah first gives this prophecy to the Israelites under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, the people of Israel had been facing great threats uh, from the growing superpower of Assyria. It was a very dark time for the nation of Israel. And so, again, under the leading of God, under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, the Lord gives Isaiah this prophecy in order to give great comfort to his people. And so, essentially, to paraphrase what David is saying to the Israelites is that basically, listen, I know you're going through a dark time. I know the Assyrians are breathing down your neck, but the truth is is that God is going to send a light. Isaiah says, God is going to send hope to all of you living in this valley of shadow of death, and he is Prince of Peace. Isaiah says, and he is mighty God, and he is going to be a wonderful counselor to you and an everlasting father. Uh, I really like what Stephen Whitmer of DesiringGod.org says about this. He says, the 700-year delay was not because God was unable to fulfill his promise sooner, but because he wanted to give his people the hope of a future king to sustain them through dark times. The long period between promise and fulfillment was in fact a gift from God to his people. You and I grow and mature the most in Christ when both in the good and difficult times of life we cling to the promises of God. And so Isaiah gives God's people, the Israelites, a promise promise and a prophecy to cling to. Uh, The second thing that sets Isaiah's announcement apart is that Isaiah announces or announced a royal birth. 
This is a royal birth announcement. Um, I doubt anyone in this room today has ever actually received in the mail um, a royal birth announcement. Um, when I think of a royal birth announcement uh, coming in the mail, I imagine maybe it's, uh, it's trimmed out in, in fancy gold, and it just, there's just something different about it because it's, it's royal. But Isaiah's announcement here is, in fact, a royal announcement because he's announcing the coming of a future king. And here's what he says about this future king in verse 6 of Isaiah 9. He says, the government shall be upon his shoulder. What he's saying here is that when this king comes, when this wonderful counselor arrives, when this prince of peace is on the scene, when almighty God and everlasting father arrives, he will be in charge. He will be at the helm. He will take the lead. Uh, Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that his name is Jesus and that he is Lord of Lords and that he is the Alpha and the Omega and the beginning and the end. Go on uh, into verse 7. It says, And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Can you imagine there being a place where there is uh, a never-ending supply of peace under the leadership. That's what Isaiah is, is promising here. There will be no end to his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Uh, when I went to Bible college at Central Baptist College in Conway, uh, one of my professors there, his name was Dr. Mitchell. Uh, he's passed away now. But uh, when we would take his classes on the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, Dr. Mitchell had a saying. Uh, And he would say that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And that the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Uh, Let that sink in for just a moment. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Uh, We see this to be true uh, with Luke and his gospel kind of connecting Isaiah 9-7 to Luke chapter 1, verses 32 through 33. He says here that Jesus will be great, and he will be the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Uh, There's another thing that really sets this birth announcement apart, and that is this. Uh, Isaiah announces that the baby will have four names. The baby will have four names. Imagine you receive a birth announcement in the mail. uh, You come across it on Instagram or on Facebook, wherever you get your birth announcements, and you see that someone has decided to not only give their child a first, middle, and last name, but they've added three or four more names on top of that. You would think, wow, that's pretty extra, Well, this is a special birth announcement because Isaiah says that this coming baby, this coming king, he's going to have four names. And one of those names that he mentions is Wonderful Counselor. Uh, Over the next four weeks, we're going to take each one of these names a week at a time and and really dig into the significance of them. But Wonderful Counselor is uh, significant because Isaiah is foretelling that the coming of Jesus is going to be a supernatural source of extraordinary wisdom. That's great news for those of us who find ourselves stumbling through life day to day. Uh, that we, it's great news for those of us who realize our need to lean on Jesus for wisdom in making daily life choices. 
Uh, Isaiah 25.1 speaks of the wonderful things that this wonderful counselor does. Isaiah says, O Lord, I will honor and I will praise your name, for you are my God. And look at this. You do such wonderful things. Isaiah 28 verse 9 speaks of his wonderful teaching and great wisdom. Uh, The Lord of heaven's armies is a wonderful teacher and he gives great wisdom. He is our wonderful counselor. He also has the name Mighty God. This is foretelling that this coming king, he is divinely strong and powerful. Great news for the weak. Isaiah 10.21 says that a remnant will return. Yes, the remnant, remnant of Jacob will return to the who? Mighty God. Not only is he wonderful counselor, and not only is he mighty God, but he has a third name. He's everlasting father. Isaiah is saying to the people of Israel, times are hard. Life is difficult for you. But there's an everlasting father on the way. And he will care for his children as a good father cares for his own. Isaiah continued to reinforce these truths all throughout his book. And we see this on display in Isaiah 63, verse 16. The scriptures say, For you are are our father, O Lord. Our father, our redeemer from old is your name. Lastly, his fourth name, Isaiah says that he will be called Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, this is so significant. Jesus will bring and does bring uh, a sense of deep well-being in our lives. uh, And that as Prince of Peace, he is the restorer of relationships. Uh, That's amazing news today for those of us who find ourselves uh, dealing with relationships that are fractured or find ourselves in a relationship with God that is strained due to sinful decisions or, or consequences that we are facing in our lives today. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 reminds us of why we have peace and how we have peace with God. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. Number four, um, Isaiah's announcement is set apart because he announces that God will passionately keep his promise. Uh, You've heard me say over the years here as I've been pastor at Collective that um, God is not only a promise maker, our God is the great promise keeper. Um, There are over 3,000 thousand promises of God throughout the Bible, Old and New Testaments. And listen, the Lord our God will keep every single one of them. Many of them he has already fulfilled, some of them he is fulfilling now, and the other ones he will fulfill. But make no doubt about it, if the Lord makes a promise, he will keep it. And he does it with great passion. Isaiah says in uh, chapter 9 and verse 7, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Imagine being the original audience, the people of Israel, the men, the women, the children. You know that this great superpower of Assyria is breathing down your neck. They're threatening to overtake you. And you get this word from God's prophet, God's man Isaiah, that there's a baby on the way. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And then at the end of that, Isaiah reinforces it and says, Make no doubt about it, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We made some observations here this morning. Let's get into some quick application. 
And I want to spend the rest of our time uh, answering the question, what does it mean here when the scriptures say, for to un- unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given? What does that mean? Well, let's answer that question by digging into each phrase or word a little bit at a time here. Number one, let's look at the phrase, unto us. Unto us. Usually, when a child is born, uh, he or she is born to a specific person or parents, right? Well, no doubt, Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph, but that's not how the scriptures ever word it. The scriptures say that Jesus was born unto us. That's significant because what it means is that he's born unto us, sent as a king to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The many being you and being me. Mark 10 verse 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He is born unto who? Us. He has come from his throne in heaven to this dirty, filthy place called earth unto us to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And folks, that is good news today. Uh, Number two, we see here that the scriptures tell us a child is born. A child is born. This is unique because Jesus is a king. Um, He is the creator of all things. Everything was created by him. Everything was created for him. And all things are held together in him. Jesus could have very easily uh, entered the scene riding in a chariot on the clouds and sending down lightning and making it thunder. What does he do instead? He comes humbly as a baby, born as a child, as an infant, quietly, in humility, as one of us, so that he could be intimately familiar with our pain and our struggles. Let's look at just a few passages that describe the humanity of our Savior King Jesus. Uh, here this morning. Let's first of all look at Hebrews 5 verse 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things that he what? Suffered. Even though Jesus was God's son, he still suffered. He still faced hardships. He still went through difficult times. Uh, The Lord, the Father, did not shield the son from the things that you and I often face here on earth which makes Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 15, very important this morning. The Bible tells us here, So then, since you and I have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our what? Weaknesses. The weaknesses that you face in your life today, tomorrow, next year, and in the years to come, this great high priest, Jesus, he understands. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. The Bible tells us here that though Jesus was God, He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. And he took the humble position of a slave. And look at this. He was born as a human being. 
When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Third and final thing this morning. To us, he was given. To us, he was given. Uh, This time of year, many of us are thinking through the gifts that we're going to give other people. Whether it be our spouse, uh, our children, parents, grandparents, you may have this uh, gift that you've been saving up for all year long and you're happy to just to give that gift to that special someone and watch them unwrap it and see the thrill on their face when they've received that gift from you. You know why we enjoy giving gifts? We enjoy it because of the one that we've been made by. Our God is a giver. He is a giver. And we are made in his image. He has hardwired within us the ability to give gifts and to receive gifts and to do both with joy. No one will ever outgive the giver. Uh, the scriptures tell us that every good and perfect gift comes from God above. He is the giver of all things good. But there's one gift that he gave freely, that it's the best gift ever, and it's Jesus Christ. It's his son. John 3, 16 through 17, look at this. This is how God loves, he gives. This is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Don't misunderstand this passage here. There's coming a day when Jesus will return once again and he will judge. He will judge. But in the meantime, the scriptures tell us here that everyone has an opportunity to turn to him and to be saved through him. Uh, Romans 5 verse 8 says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I'm looking forward to the coming weeks in this series to really begin to dig into the names, the wonderful counselor, almighty God, um, prince of peace, everlasting father. One thing I know about this time of year is there's kind of two different camps of people. Uh, You have your people this time of year that they've had all of their Christmas stuff out and up and ready to roll since like two weeks before Halloween. Um, They just love it. Uh, You go into their house and it looks like Christmas threw up. You know, like we all know who those people are. Nothing wrong with that. Then you have some others. Uh, This time of year, understandably, can be very difficult for them because of the loss of a loved one, uh, strained relationships, Finance is not being in a good shape, uh, a lot less sunlight in the day. There's a whole lot of factors that go into this time of year being very difficult for some people. Whatever camp you fall into today, I want to point you to the one that Isaiah pointed the people of Israel to, to the son who was given unto us, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the Prince of Peace, Mighty God. He's the one that sustains us during this time of year. The Prince of Peace is the one that can bring peace to that fractured relationship that you are dealing with this time of year. Almighty God is the one that can give you the strength to get through the season. 
The wonderful counselor is the one that you can lean into for counsel and wisdom and guidance to be able to navigate some difficult conversations this time of year. Wherever you find yourself today, look to him. If you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus Christ to be saved, uh, to be forgiven of your sins, and to be able to enter into a right relationship with God, I want to tell you this. In order to experience the peace that the Prince of Peace offers, you have to know him. In order to experience the strength that Almighty God makes available to us, you have to know the Almighty God. Uh, in, order, in order to receive his counsel, you have to know the wonderful counselor. To be loved and parented by the everlasting Father, you have to know the everlasting Father. And there are lots of people sitting in church services today, just like this one, and probably some folks here this morning, that you've known about this Jesus that we speak of this morning for a long time, but you've never actually come to a place where you know him. And we invite you to accept that gift this morning. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.